Happy New Year, everyone. It's been a great year for Kendallcast and Star Wars CCG. Make sure you check out all the stuff I've been putting out on the Kendallcast feed and the Kendallcast Network YouTube page. I did a breakdown of Set 20, put out a new song about Set 20, and it seems like a ton of other stuff. Uh, Anyway, I promise I won't get too obnoxious about this, but I do want to thank the patrons at patreon.com slash Kendallcast. We're up to three patrons. Bill, Zach, and Gary, you guys are the best. Uh, Today's interview is a fun one with Sam Tashima. He's a great volunteer and just won an Advocate Award. But mostly this is just a good old-fashioned two guys talking about Star Wars CCG sort of chat. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another uh, Corin on the Horn. I'm here with uh, Yoshi himself, uh, Mr. Uh, Sam Tashima. How are you doing today, Sam? Hey, I'm doing great, Corin. How are you? I am. I am doing all right. Um, like I was saying off mic, I I sent some Star Wars card related things out in the mail today. Finally got around to sending out the uh, Jawa Brawl prizes and also Joker King. Uh, when we ordered the the no reverts hats for worlds, Joker King, even though he wasn't able to make it, uh, had me order a hat for him, and I finally sent it out to him. So, uh, great. so are, hopefully, he gets are you participating in the gift exchange this year? I am not. No. All right. I, I just got mine over the weekend. It was oh, was pleased, and it's neat seeing all the other ones that are coming through from so, the various individuals. What What did you What did you receive? I received uh, a sealed pack of Premier Limited, which I actually needed for my my sealed collection. And then the other thing that I ended up re- receiving were just uh, a few different Japanese cards because I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, playing with Japanese cards and having them having them in my decks, especially ones that are virtualized because you can end up having the, the text under there and it really doesn't impact gameplay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I uh I like I like uh I like Japanese what I like the Japanese cards I like are the ones that everybody knows what they do. Sure. So like I play uh, I play a, a a Japanese um stunning leader in in my court deck uh just cuz yeah, everybody knows what that card does. Uh yeah. Barrier now, and yeah. who who dicks geek. Yeah. I got a uh, I got a Japanese rebel trooper uh for Christmas last year and um I was like, that's cool, except for that the, the, the virtual card is a C-slip, so it would cover up all the Japanese text. Right. Um, all right. So, Sam, uh, let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, how'd you get into Star Wars cards? Got into Star Wars cards when I was in, in high school. One of my teachers um, at my school was Peter Jacobson, also known as jeeps uh he kind of introduced a few of us to the game that this would have been early 2000s so i played competitively from really learning how to play in 2003 and then played competitively from 2004 to 2006 had some um moderate success in there playing uh, i think i got runner up at a few different tournaments uh whether that's Iowa State's Bespin Regional, and then um, one North Dakota State's in there at a time. But but really, there was being in so being in the the Minnesota 
area we had between now at the time there was a minnesota state specimen regional iowa state uh north dakota state those were all and and some wisconsin as well those were all where the main players were, were playing from and yeah just tr truly enjoyed kind of picking up learning the game from there and after that ended up taking a break really 2006 time period going to college college first job all that life stuff that ends up happening and then my career wise i i work as an actuary dealing a lot with insurance components with large corporations so i advise them predominantly around their their cyber, their technology, ENO insurance in terms of Fortune 100 companies, what should, they should buy and transferring that risk off their balance sheet. Well, in order to become an actuary, I had the 10 different actuarial exams that, that I had. And that basically took up my entire time in terms of out of uh, in terms of free time. So I really sat down the game from about 2006 through 2019 and then we picked up the game in 2019. Okay, so yeah, so you were just so uh 2019 and you're in the so were you at the at the John Anderson event in uh, Nationals uh I, I was I was at the John Anderson event. The first one back was in terms of major was the MPC that okay. year and I recall I, I believe that was Eric Hunter we kind of reminisced in the sense of kind of our both long hiatuses in terms of mm -hmm. getting back into the game after a decent time period I, I think he his time being out of the game was a little bit longer than mine mm -hmm. yeah because I I came back right around that time as as well um uh I think it was I don't know. I think I think a lot a lot of people. It surprise it kind of surprises me because I you know when you come back into the game you kind of assume that everybody else has been here whether they've been here for a month or whether they've been here for forever that they've been playing you know for an undetermined amount of time and sure. it's really interesting how many people jumped in in 2019 and then really you know in the pandemic there was so much. Uh, you know, we all had a little extra free time and then there was so much that the PC was doing uh, with with GEMP and everything and also GEMP, you know, landing. But Right. <sighs> what I'd say for me personally, uh, in terms of getting back to, into the game, it, it was really necessitated based on I. Ray Park was coming. Ray Park, the, the actor who portrayed Darth Maul mm -hmm. in, in the Phantom Menace, and then has done some mocap stuff on, say, Clone Wars, and and was in Solo. He was coming to a local convention, and I, I believe that was late 2018. And really, it was one of those things. Little did I know, his um, his autograph and penmanship is not the the greatest by by any means, <laughs> but but. Just, it's more of like two two squiggle or two big circles on it but he was coming to a local convention and thought gosh i, I really enjoyed this uh, i really enjoyed his portrayal I, I know i have some of his cards and um an aspect one of the cards that's pro probably my favorite image is the tatooine darth maul ai figure mm -hmm. card so that gosh i'd love to get one of those signed by him 
So I started digging through, kind of digging out my boxes and and figure seeing kind of the old decks that I had from 2006. Mm -hmm. But I had one of those, got it signed, and really dig, digging through those long boxes and those old deck boxes inspired me to see, okay, what's going on with the game right now? And reached out to a few of the the people that I played with um, from from that mid 2000s period, such as Charlie Arlinson. And that starting point really is what picked me up in terms of getting back into the, getting back into the game and figuring out what was there. In terms of repicking up the game, there were aspects. One of the biggest things that was most useful to me were individuals, whether it was Chris Goglin on the GIMP replays or Tom Kelly was doing a lot of the streaming of his mm -hmm. OCS games at the time. That was invaluable to me as it allowed me to figure out what's going on in the game, how are what are the different dynamics, who are the key, who are the key um decks that are going on in those strategy pieces. And then e even the PC uh, streaming for the the 2018 uh, time period. I feel as though streaming in-person events was really starting to uh, to uptick at, at that point, which was great for me as I was able to learn and figure out and watch a lot of those replays in terms of getting back into the game. And now streaming is kind of skyrocketed from mm -hmm. where it was mm -hmm. in in 2018, 2019. Yeah, I, I remember being impressed. I, I, I think we do talk about, I mean, we do talk about uh, like, the 2020 MPC when the streaming team really, you know, expanded and, and some of the, you know, some of the online events doing coverage. But I, I really do. I really was impressed when I came back to the game and watched a little bit of uh, a little bit of coverage. I remember when uh, uh, this was when, when Queso was, uh, was doing, was doing so much of the stuff and, sure. and uh, just had a real, um, a, a, it was definitely, it was definitely more than, even I had, I was only out of the game for about five years or four years or something, but depending on, depending on when you, when you count, <laughs> when, right. you, where, where, where do you cut it off? What the starting point is. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The starting point and where the ending point is, but yeah, it's, it's, it is funny how you say like you, you were just going through your cards. I think one of the things that got me, that got me started getting back into the game was that I was, uh, I was, it, I was in a situation at work where I had, I was working from six to two thirty, and from six to eight, I work in a call center, not not getting any phone calls. So I was reading Star Wars novels, and just as like a, uh, and I was like using Star Wars cards as bookmarks, and that got oh, me that's awesome. like that got me handling the cards again. Um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you dig out, and I think the time before that I got back into the game, I was playing Magic, and I wanted to use like a Star Wars card as a token. I think I wanted to use a a Padme as an angel token. And as soon as I open up, as soon as you open up the binder of your old cards, you're you're back in. Right. <laughs> well, well, that's kind of the great part is is the nostalgia, and even for me personally, I have a great affinity for. Episode one, the, the Phantom Menace, and j just given my age, it's, when that was all coming out, I recall going to the, you go to the local uh, targets, and it would just be racks of all the the toys on the shelves, and Taco Bell, the KFC, uh, what was the other young brand, Pizza Hut, but 
Taco Bell with their quote unquote kids meals and the things in there. And you couldn't like turn around without seeing the, the marketing and you know these cards that have really nice images from from the episode one between Coruscant Theed and, and Tatooine. It's just great having that nostalgia, let, let alone the original trilogy cards, which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh that's why I like that's why I like C slips because there's so many there's so many cards that have so many great images that the text isn't very good. <laughs> no, I hear you. <clears throat> although 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 now the PC is now the image team on the PC is is gone crazy. So they're they're, no, doing, it's, they're it's doing fantastic to see just, you know, what that evolution has been like versus even when I was just getting back in, I mean it, you recall from the virtual block one and it was mm-hmm. When I first started, Nick Kolnick was one of the one of the mar- or one of the advocates, and he the first tournament I ever went to. I remember he was just dropping product on me in terms of like, right, here's stuff, right. here's cards, and, and at the time, I mean, it, as a um, as a high schooler, kind of middle schooler, getting into things, it was fantastic seeing all all this. But one of the first cards I pulled was in terms of a pack was Han's blaster rifle. Mm-hmm. And people were telling me, oh, you need to get a uh, a, a virtual, that's a virtual card. You need to get the, the V-slip for that. It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you provide some context? And it's like, oh, well, here's the text of the card, but we actually have these updated text pieces and mm-hmm. um, kind of seeing how the, how the graphic piece has evolved throughout the years has been really neat to see and kind of makes you wonder where where we're going or will continue to mm-hmm. evolve in terms of that right 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 um so okay so you're so you're back into the game in uh in in 2019 but you've uh since then you've you've do, you do a lot of uh you do a lot of volunteering for the pc uh how did you how did you get started with that and what are some of the roles that you've that you've taken uh taken the lead on yeah really the key thing has been around the leagues and the 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 league structure i can't recall it's either 2019 or 2020 we had the the league components going on and there there had been a bit of a loose structure in terms of uh the league aspects in the the local bespin uh bespin being the, the minnesota components and however one of the things that i don't necessarily care for as a player is i really like we or i like playing in tournaments in which it's okay if it's java and everyone has say here's the pool but if it's aspects around pseudo open or it's like oh these cards are are taken out etc or you get extra points for playing with uh, playing with creatures that's neat it's personally not not necessarily my thing but in 2020 wanted to make sure that we still had a base and we're we're able to play so i worked on coordinating gemp online leagues for the minnesota um minnesota player base and kind of that broader bespin region and then the same thing going into 2021 and as part of that jared had reached out in terms of hey sam would you be willing to run the leagues and put a little bit more of a, a structure around them not to say that they didn't have structure previously but 
terms of monitoring the aspects and and going from there in terms of ensuring that the leagues were getting the, the appropriate amount of games in and tra- tracking progress and then the same thing into 2022 and that's been um the key piece and we we just recently rolled out the 2023 league and state mm-hmm. and, and regional structure pieces so the two aspects is one working a lot with, with jared in terms of prizes structure aspects and then really it's a mix of jared and uh napolitano and, and bill Kafer in terms of some of the tournament committee pieces since uh, bill had the the really neat idea of well why don't we take the 2021-2022 league winner pieces and push put them into a world cup type of structure called the champions league which is currently Mm -hmm. currently ongoing and uh, about to get to the uh, the next stage of that tournament and that was uh, kind of a a key piece there and so there's the aspect around making sure the leagues are staying on top of things what are we looking at in terms of potential prize structure or just tweaks to the leagues on an on go forward basis but then to tracking a lot of that information in terms of who's the league winner how do we need to tweak prizes etc on a go forward basis well and i appreciate being able to play in multiple leagues because uh, <laughs> i was able to i was able to that's i mean that's the reason i was able to go to so many um so many in-person events uh last year because we had we had their my my home league of Corellia, which was half online and in person, but like kind of centered in Ohio. And then we had the Pittsburgh League, um, you know, the that Star Wars everyone's favorite Star Wars planet of Pittsburgh. Right. Um, and uh, and then the uh, the um, the Nal Hutta League in in Indiana. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that that I think that structure, like if we didn't have that league structure, I I do think we would have had some events. Like I would have. You know, I would have organized something in Columbus, but uh, we probably wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have had, we certainly wouldn't have had five events in in Indianapolis, you, you know, and we wouldn't have had as many, like we wouldn't have had as many opportunities to go. And then uh, having those opportunities and having that little bit of structure, it kind of helped. I really do think it, it helped uh, build, build the community. Cause if you have, cause the thing is, if you, if you have a, a tournament where six people show up, then the people that you invite the next time that you can point, you can say, well, we had some people showed up to this tournament and then they're like, Oh, well, some people showed up last time. Well, maybe it's worth it for me to come this time. Uh, Cause people will actually be there. Um, Definitely. Yeah, well, uh, well and I, I think it was important for us because we had a lot of team members that were very within whether it's just the best region. I'm sure other regions are similar to this where first to some extent, we were a bit spread out and mm-hmm. we have players in, Wisconsin and their players in say North Dakota or even greater Minnesota areas or individuals that still really had an affinity to Minneapolis metro areas that are mm-hmm. home but they subsequently relocated to a different area they said well I still want to play with the people that I'm accustomed to playing with that league structure just allowed us to continue to collaborate and yes is that like hurting cash from time to time in terms of ensuring people were getting in their games on GEMP um, mm-hmm. as part of a monthly tournament. But for the, for the most part, it's uh, 
it's been great for us to maintain some of that co- camaraderie among the, the different players mm-hmm. and that everyone enjoys receiving their little prize pack of, right. of foils. Generally, for the, the past couple of years, what I've been doing is we've had certain in-person events, but I like to, and I'll pass out the participation in the winter foils there, but all the GIMP ones, I'll just package them together at the end of the league and mm-hmm. end up sending out a little prize pack in November. Yeah. Well, and the other the other nice thing about the about the the regional leagues um, is I feel like a lot when you have when you have Star like when we have these big when we have these gigantic online Star Wars card events or when you have majors um, or even just like even just like the big regionals uh, you end up you end up playing against the the best of the best all the time which it's good to be able to play against the best of the best but sometimes it's nice to be a mid-level player and be able to win some games sure. um and uh and being able to play against you know like like it was kind of fun being a in 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 uh in now in when i go out to indianapolis being a big fish in a small pond and like people are specifically metagaming and putting cards in their deck uh to because they know i'm gonna play court and you know like like being you know being that guy is 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 uh is fun i mean you know obviously obviously i'm you know i went three and five at worlds so so like you know i i don't have i don't have any delusions of grandeur or well maybe a little bit but uh but it is but it's fun to it's fun to be playing against because i i do i think that with star wars cards some so many people are like there's there's this there's this like really really high level sometimes it's hard to find players that are at that at that mid-level and i think that the 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 like local scenes and 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 leagues and stuff really really helps say you know jolson isn't probably going to come to the the corellia league event you know i mean we've got a few ringers but but there's also like this there's also a bunch of people who are kind of at that like kind of a tier or two down i mean travis is a brand new player uh from columbus uh, and he ended up third at uh, the Corellia Regionals, um, and uh, yeah, I mean he started playing in June. Had never touched a Star Wars card before. Okay. And uh, and and you, you know he he learned a, he learned a couple of decks. He played his light side deck was a Gungans deck um, that I think he just got a couple wins in from you know surprises. Uh, but uh, but yeah yeah the the league the league stuff is 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 huge. Um, give me well, just a second. My yeah. cat is digging sure. through my Star Wars cards. She finds the one box that's open and just digs in there. <laughs> uh, well, the one thing that I would say that uh, I've enjoyed about having so, at least the, the regularity of the league events is, yes, we, we can always try something out in in an open environment, but sometimes it's nice to have uh, another testing ground to roll out a couple of experimental decks, whether it's a, an in-person tournament as part of the, the leagues or, uh, or an online GIMP one where mm-hmm. you roll something out, it's, you know, that you're going to have some kind of a, an informal, uh, but co- competitive op- opponent there and be able to, to experiment w- with some aspects. Right. And then even playing with, with different formats, we have quite a few players in, the, the broader Bespin region were huge into retro formats. Like mm-hmm. they, they absolutely love it. Uh, and so trying to coordinate with them in terms of, Hey, we're going to have a retro game as part of the 
uh, as part of our league structure this year, and they may say, I'm not going to play in any of the tournaments, but if you make that one, whether it's online or in person, I will be there. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of some of the scheduling that I'm currently working on. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got one one very vocal retro player who theoretically has uh, some people that he would bring with us to an event. So it's like I'm always like, I don't know, should we should we run the event and then, you know, end up with the same people that would show up with to an open event, but don't really like this format as much, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, you never you never know Um, what uh, what. Just out of out of curiosity, so, you know, if you I don't know if you've actually run retro events, but like, what what retro format do you think is is the is the just is the best experience for playing for for gameplay? For me personally, the the two that I really enjoy are yes, they have inserts and in some of those mm-hmm. aspects, but it's premiere to. Death Star 2 and Premiere 2 Reflections 2. Okay. Either of those two pieces, I feel as though that there's some interesting power components that mm. that are incorporated, yet they provide, uh, there's some overall balancing aspects and cards that are still, I mean, you get a, whether you're playing Dark Surgeon and Premiere 2 Reflections 2 or even some of the um, premiere to Death Star two pieces. There are cards that we're still playing mm-hmm. today in terms of, oh, you have the, um, whether it's some of the enhanced cards or the, the aspects around Imperial Commands or the the Luke Skywalker Jedi Knights. And it's like sometimes the Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight or Emperor Palpatine are not the greatest kind of cards in isolation, but uh, they have aspects to them, and I I, I really enjoy that premiere to Death Star two mm. or premiere to Reflections mm. two structure. Yeah, we had a we had a last year we did a premiere to Reflections two kind of right after the 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 Worlds um, retro event. Sure. And uh, and every single light side player played uh, Watch Your Step and. Okay. Um, pretty much what light side won every game except for like one or two games where the dark side deck was specifically tuned against watch your step it was it was it was not it was i mean look watch your step is one of my favorite decks to play but i don't want it to be the only deck in the format um but I, i could see i could see how um the the little bit of premiere to death star 2 that i played i i could see how that could be something or you could even do you could even do a, a Jawa style uh, premiere to Reflections too, but no uh, Watch Your Step and a- AOBS. Sure. Um, you know, you could you could play around with that. I really do. It's like I know every 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 month somebody comes on the forums and is like, "Here's this new format that I've designed that has these cards banned and this." this, this and uh, I really do think there is like a possibility of making like a like a like a, a balanced premiere to death star two format um, by, by banning some cards, but it's just like somebody's got to, you know, enough people have to agree on it. And the people who don't, and the problem is that the people who like the retro formats already like the retro formats. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an awkward thing. Like you were saying earlier, like kind of scenario, you, you're not a big fan of scenario formats and um 
I mean, Jawa is the exception because like it got embraced, like and right because we we run a Jawa event and a hundred people participate. Like if if you ran a a Pittsburgh format, that's what that was one of them that they did a few years ago. If you ran a Pittsburgh format event and a hundred people participated, then we'd have one every six months. But you know, you kind of you know, or a is one of them called Time Warp? Is that one of the? I I don't even. <laughs> I don't even I'm know. not like, sure about that. Yeah, like it seems like it seems it seems like there's there's something there. Like you know, uh, there isn't really a Star Wars CCG equivalent of Commander. You know, uh, 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 an an alternative format that that and and I mean, I'm sure. And I mean, Lord of the Rings, th- their their community is smaller than ours, and they have every event they do is a different format. So it's not like. You know, it's not just that the that the community is too small or anything. It's just like we can't we can't agree on which you know which one is the is which which fixed format is the is the one you know. And building de- and building decks is so complicated that that scenario formats are a little bit more difficult too. Because if you have a right. scenario format, that means you have to build two new decks from scratch. And I am a fan of adjusting and looking at, even if it's an open environment around, oh, are there different format considerations? The, the upcoming San Diego Open is going to have that slightly different format. Or I even recall there were a few years in which the day, well, it would have been called day three at World, but essentially what we refer to as day two. And a top 12 cut, but then they had a, had a Swiss and a final confrontation. Right. Right. I, I do think that some of those aspects are, are unique and, and should continue to be tried out. And even within our, or the, the general open, the, the mix between the, how all say six and twos have the opportunity to make day two and uh, the, the upper form um, bottom four random draw consideration. Those are all mm-hmm. neat embraces that that I um, that I think are neat for the for the overall community and that we should continue to tweak with. The piece that I do personally struggle with is if I'm going and kind of dedicating the time to go to fly out to a an in-person major and it's a lot of it's a resource allocation both monetarily but then also time and time away from the family but having mixed format aspects determine the winner whether it be retro and open or cube and retro and open or cube and open I would have a hard, difficult time kind of mm-hmm. justifying that that time allocation. Now, would I prepare for it accordingly? Absolutely, but I, I do. I'm okay at least right now with say mixing up that format, but keeping mm-hmm. it so it's just just open and going yeah, from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think, I think that you there. There's an argument that could be made for for having if you wanted to have multiple multiple formats there's an argument uh for jawa because because jawa is first of all it's specifically it's specifically targeting like those those decks that you're tired of and second because uh because it's it's a because it's a format that people have have mostly embraced i mean i a lot of people like cube uh but i don't (laughs) and uh and and 
and uh, ret- and retro is is like kind of a it's it's almost a separate it's almost a separate group, and and I think kind of on top of it all, like I mean at least for me at least for me like when I played when I played Magic, you know, you play six you play six rounds of Magic, you're actually playing like eighteen games because you're it's best of three, so maybe not eighteen but like twelve to eighteen games, uh, with you know with the same and it's the same deck you don't have. You don't have two. You don't have a light side and a dark side deck, so you're playing just game after game after game after game, and it's a relatively speaking simpler game. I, I think that the 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 board states and complexity of Magic. I think it's it's even if there's even if there's an argument for the depth of strategy or whatever, but you know that's where that's where like the justification for a different for a different format on the second on a multi, in a multiple day event. Cause you're tired of playing, you know, you're tired of playing standards. So you want to play a draft. Um, and I don't, I don't think I don't get tired of at least anymore. Like when I go to a major and I play and I play eight rounds with uh, on day one, um, I mean, I might be tired of from the grind, but unless I do really bad, unless I have a deck that's just bad, like if I'm like feeling like I'm playing the game, I'm usually not tired of those decks by the end of the day. Um, and no, I uh, hear you, I, and I appreciate that to some extent. I, I think that the grind is a neat aspect of the, the tournament because it's not just the the component of it is not just the game and how you're preparing, but also your mental fortitude in terms of getting through a potential eight or or, or nine games mm-hmm. over the course of a, a given day, and that's a a mental strength that's almost a, a bit of a fun component mm-hmm. i likened it to the extent of going back to the beginning i mentioned my, my actuarial exams those were a four-hour grind of just hey i have all these questions it's a high profile exam that if you fail it the next time you get to take it is say six months later mm-hmm. and i would come out of the thing and while it was a different type of exhaustion my I would recall like my shirt under I would have like a, a Nike pullover and a t-shirt mm. but my t-shirt underneath would just be soaked in sweat now mm. did I notice it in the moment no but the second I got on there it's like man I'm mentally exhausted like I'm mm. physically kind of exhausted from right, sitting here right. but it, you have a certain sense of accomplishment of like oh that was kind of fun I can gear up to do that in a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and and that's and that's actually an interesting thing too because I had a unique experience this year i mentioned travis earlier but travis and carl are both local players um which i did not have a local group ever before then and then that combined with the number of in-person events so then when i went to a major and we're you know four or five or six games in and everyone else is like completely mentally exhausted i know i may not be doing i may not be winning games but but like i have that you know, that muscle, it was really interesting that for once that muscle was actually prepared when I, you know, when I got to worlds and, and at the end of the day, I was like, I still got something left. Um, you, you know, so it's an, it's another, it's another area of, of preparation. And plus you're, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're flying out. I mean, you're, you're, you're flying out there to see people, but at the end of the day, this is, you're, you're going to play star Wars cards, you know? Yeah. And it's the community. That's a fun part. I know Greg Shaw has mentioned and others in terms of you always come back to the game and aspects and no matter how far 
whether you're not have whether you needed to take a step away from a time whether that's 13 years like me or even just a, a few months being able to come back and have the camaraderie and, and even just the change in the environment versus where one we're probably a, a smaller community now than we were when i originally started playing but just the the way in which we we interact as a community is truly kind of a, a beautiful thing to see as well as we're there because we enjoy the game but we really mm-hmm. enjoy being around one another and that's where the magic right. happens yeah and i mean it's a mix of the, it's definitely a mix of the two i just for me per, for me personally i would not be you know if this was a if this was not star wars cards you know i would not i would not have come back you know i i i mean really this kind of this time around you know this from 2019 until now is the first time that i've really like i mean i people have always talked about the community and stuff but like when i was playing in in high school in 2002 like i had my people who none of them have any interest in playing star in touching a star wars card again you know and uh and i had and then you know i i kind of was when i was when i was a little older and we got into it in the early 2010s like i that's you know that's when i met some people you know that's when i met chris gogol and that's when i met uh uh the carulis um you know and and uh and and the and and some of the pittsburgh people um i probably had met brian fred but i don't think he knew who i was (laughs) uh you know i i'd i'd been out i'd been out to uh, but, uh, but I mean, really it's the, for me, it's the, for me, it's the game that, uh, that, that brings, that brings me, that keeps me coming back. And the, and the community is, a that's not to say that the community is not great. And also the community is great just because we're all old now. Like, like we're, we're, you, you know, I mean, there's like, uh, AJ, AJ, the 20 year old from, from Minneapolis is probably the person that I talk to the most at events. So, you, you know, but it's, but it's also, so, so nothing against 20 year olds, but, uh, uh, I actually tried to give him whiskey at worlds and then he told me he was 20 and I was like, Oh, oops. I didn't realize that. I sure. thought he was, I thought he was like in his, you know, I thought he was like 22 or something. You know, I knew he was in college. Uh, but, uh, but, um, yeah, he, but, uh, but like, you know, when I played at magic, when I played magic and I mean, it's, you know, you don't want to like, you don't want to stereotype people, but like when I played magic, it was, some of those people were the worst, like just, just because of, because you had, and part of that is because you had such a big crowd. You have a big group of people who are playing a, a game for socially awkward people. Some of them are going to be a little bit socially awkward, you know, uh, but, right. but yeah, yeah. So yeah, Star Wars card players are, are great though. Cause, uh, cause we're all you know, thirties and forties, we're not, we're not, uh, annoying high schoolers. Well, and I will, will say that you can, in my mind, there's this three components that, that all come together nicely. There's the community and the friendship aspects. There's the components of the game, which to, for all intents and purposes is a fun game to play. Now you can have those two pieces together and kind of, play a game and and have things great but then as i thought that you were potentially going to go down the road of it's the ip it's this ip that has nostalgia going back from when we were kids and a component of whether depending on how you or 
an IP that continues to push out additional content in numerous different media formats, whether it's mm-hmm. books, comic books, um, movies, Disney Plus. And the beauty of all of this is before we were really living in an area where you had the original trilogy, then there was an expanded universe, got the um the sequel or the the prequels, which some derided. I was kind of in the the age range in which I, I love Phantom Menace. I, I still do. Are there bad parts of it? Absolutely. Are there wonderful parts of it? Abs- absolutely as well. And, and yet now we're in such a an area around IP and new content that I really view it as whether people make the buffet analogy or the pizza analogy there's going to be something for everyone. Some people mm. are only going to enjoy or really kind of really enjoy the the pizza from, and, and this is a from a really fine Italian place. Other people really enjoy their their Domino's or their their Little Caesars kind of pulling mm-hmm. in my, some of my Michigan roots there. It's all great though. You, you get to pick and choose just because you don't like something doesn't mean um, right. that it's not your, you, um, that pizza isn't your favorite food or even from your, your favorite restaurant to, to bring another food analogy in there. There are things from my favorite restaurant that I don't care for. Does that mean that I order them? No, I just consume the things that I really right, enjoy. Right. And, and that's a way for all us, everyone to enjoy having a connectivity to mm-hmm. this IP that kind of comes back to a, um, comes back to a really yeah. long time ago when we were first introduced to it. Yeah. I mean, totally. when I was a kid, uh, my my cousin who who is older than me introduced me, and at one point when I was back home after visiting them, my parents had a really hard time because I kept on saying "Tires Back." I wanted to watch "Tires Back." I was talking about Empire Strikes Back, but I was <laughs> what a three year old repeating "Tires Back" over and over. It's it's an IP that that we loved throughout the years and continue yeah. to do so. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I mean the IP is yeah, obviously the IP is 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 huge. Yeah, I would not I mean that's that's why that's why the Wars TCG didn't take off, you know, because even though it's a great even though it's a great mechanic, uh you know, the people that were playing Star Wars cards were playing it cuz it was Star Wars. Um or at least, you know, or at least uh, uh dove into it. Um, yeah. And, and, and being able, the, the, the great thing to, to me is being able to with, with, you know, if we're talking about the star Wars CCG specifically and because of the size of the community and because of the opportunities and because we're, we've got that, we've got that legal agreement. So we've got that air of legitimacy, um, to being able to make your mark. It's, it's, it's not, it's not that difficult to make your mark in that community, whether, you know, whether it's, whether it's just, uh, whether it's volunteering to run events, whether it's, uh, helping with, with the marketing team or the graphics or whatever, or you do a thing and then you get a player created card, you know? And, and so my, you know, my name is on, is on Darth Vader's garage and it's, and it's great. You, You know, the, 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 Mustafar private platform. My name is on that, and and uh, and that's super cool. And I've got I've got other other stuff that hopefully will eventually come out. Okay. <laughs> that that well, process say, takes a while, but <laughs> congratulations on your your advocate award for okay. um, being recognized both uh, from the advocate award, but then also your your content creator award as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. And you, congratulations, congratulations for your Advocate Award. You winning the Adv- Advocate Award uh, actually uh, motivated me. I was like, man, I've been meaning to get Sam on the show for a while, and I don't have anybody for December. So let's uh, let's get that. Let's, let's get that. Let's get that organized. Um. So let's see. So have you had, have you had big tournament success? I, I know you won the, you won the nationals consolation event. So, uh, uh, the, uh, so congratulations on, uh, you know, winning a, winning a national side event. You're also in good company with that. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I didn't win that. I actually got the second on it. We, we did. Um, so in terms of 2023, and I mean, I'm kind of ignoring uh-huh. some of the stuff from. I had some moderate success in the the early two th- or early 2000s. Now at that point, it was qualifying for worlds, where you would need to win the event, or I believe mm-hmm. it was top two at one of the regionals in terms of qualifying for worlds. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the opportunity to part to take advantage of those qualifications. Uh, this past year. That had some some moderate success. Uh, so I played. Let's see, three. I no, I really only played in two majors. I played at Seattle Endor um, at the the Endor Grand Prix. I think I finished um, four and four. Did didn't do particularly great there. And then I, I participated in World. But over the course of the summer, I won both um, Bestman Regional and Minnesota State, and then Constellations, I took second in that one. So, so, and I wasn't able to participate in the national main event due to uh, due to a family-related piece. So, so I had a decent run over the course of the summer, was enjoying that. And then at Worlds, ended up going, I went eight and two or six and two over the first eight games. And then I lost to uh, MHT who mm. ended up go- going on to get second, but we played a, a play in game and then lost to him in that play in game. Mm. So I, I ended up finishing going six and two, but, but finishing 10th and, and missed the top mm. eight cut there. Well, 10th. So you're top 10 in the world then, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a good. Uh, it, it, yeah. it was a good, um, good season, good run. Uh, wouldn't necessarily d- d- trade trade that, and then went five and one, and I think I finished fourth in the the constellation. There were a there were a handful of us between Johnny Chu who won, um, Ryan Saracen, and then uh, Justin Miyashiro, uh, who who also we all finished there right at five and one. And that's and that's that's good company to be in right there. Uh, those, those, those three are, are all excellent players. Yeah. I, I really, I, I don't know. I feel like from my perspective, you had a, you had a really good year this year, the year before, uh, I just thought you were some random. So, uh, so, so, you know, you really, you really, your performance really impressed me, me personally this year. Um, and, uh, I, I think, uh, you got, you got a shot at doing some real good, if you keep it up, you got a shot at you. You could have been, you could be a contender next year, you know, top eight, a major or whatever. If you're going, you planning on going to events, uh, next year. I, I am a lot of it's a, a bit dependent on, on work schedule, but I'll, as of right now, I'm planning on going to, 
San Diego, I'll participate at the Continentals or, or Nationals, whichever it's being named right now, is I'll, I'll be uh, playing in that one because that's going to be based in Minneapolis metro area. And then the world I'll participate in and Seattle follows always a, a difficult time in terms of certain travel travel for work so that will be dependent in terms of how how things end up lining up okay okay yeah yeah so you're so you're taking next year at least three of the majors and i I do wish that we could uh, depending on the the structure of things uh, i would love to get to a few more of the regionals uh regionals or or states related tournaments it is a bit of a drive i want to say that now Hada might be the the closest drive, and then um, the the Bothway one down in in Nebraska mm-hmm. is a definitely a drive. But but Eric, Eric Garcho always puts on a good event with some awesome prize support. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you make it, if you make it out to Corellia, Corellia is only about two hours further than uh, the Now Hada will be, and uh, we're gonna do a we're gonna try to do a super weekend. Um, uh, so so you get two events for the price of one. No, it's great. Yeah, we we loved my my wife and I when when we we lived in the Detroit metro area. We loved coming down to various parts of um, Ohio, whether that's kind of looping down to uh, Toledo and spending a little time there, and then going down and spending more time in. We visited Columbus a few times, and then mm-hmm. Cincinnati isn't too far of a drive from that place either. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's the. Uh... We're going to have a, yeah, we're going to have some good, I, I have a feeling we're going to have a good year in, in that Ohio, Pittsburgh and, and Indiana and Indianapolis, that, that, uh, Eastern Midwest area. I have a feeling we're going to have a good year. Cause, uh, we, we built, we built something up, we built some stuff up last year and it seems like there's just as much energy going into going into next year. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to that. All right. That's let's. Oh, oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. That's one of the things that always amazes me is for, for a game, for a quote unquote dead CCG, when you get new players coming out and it's like, Oh, mm. it's just kind of rather be that they're picking, um, digging through, through things in the shoebox or kind of repicking up the game. It's, it's really neat to see how that uh, has emerged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's like I was saying earlier, you know, if, if the first event they go to, they have a good experience, especially, you know, if they didn't have to drive five hours to get there. Uh, you know, if the, if the first event they go to, they have a good experience, then the likelihood of them coming to a second event is, is, is pretty good. And if, and, and you know, if it's, if, if you got, you know, if people are willing to come, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to drive a couple hours, but like, if it's close enough, if an event's close enough that you can, you can drive out, play in it and drive back in one day, like that's, you know, it's a commitment. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, it's both financial and time and, uh, you know, I don't have kids. So, uh, those are, so that's less for me than, than some stuff, but, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, if it's, if it's doable, then it's doable. And if people will do it once, then they'll do it again. You know, as long right. as you don't, as long as you don't overdo it. Um, uh, so first, first of all, before we transition into the PIVO questionnaire, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, that you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, not at this point. Let's, let's jump into the questionnaire. All right. All right. 
Ira Glass told me to, to told me to ask that question. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, in some podcasts, he said he always asks that at the end of his interviews. Um, and sometimes people have stuff to talk about. Uh, so what is your favorite card? The, two of them that, that jump out to me. First one, and I mentioned it already. The Tatooine Darth Maul AI is is probably my favorite image card. But then in terms of, and it does have some play accordingly, albeit it is a um, lesser utilized persona of Maul. On the light side, I would, coming back to uh, keeping uh, keeping the Empire out forever is probably the, the other one that I really enjoy in the sense of QMC is one of my favorite decks to play, but I also think that it adds aspects to that deck that are just in terms of it's a balanced component where there are contingent it helps the the flip contingency but that also one of the things that's important to me within this game is it's a game of resources and when you're looking at the, the game understanding all right what's in my force pile what can i potentially take but the fact that Yes, a benefit is similar to control tunnel vision. You get to look and take a card out of your mm-hmm. your force pile, but you're also reducing one of your resources in terms of um, force that you have to d- deploy things, et cetera. You use it uh, on a go-forward basis. So, so that's why thematically, um, or, or why I like the gameplay of that card. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite card? To some extent, I don't necessarily think I have a quote-unquote least favorite card or a card that I really dislike primarily from, and I think about this more as a, a gameplay aspect, is if if I'm prejudiced against a card or using it, it doesn't necessarily help me in a competitive situation. I may not necessarily care for the design of something, but it's, I don't want to say, oh, this is my least favorite card because I view it as a limiting from a gameplay perspective right right yeah yeah well you know if you really hate a card you can intimidate your opponent into not playing it maybe (laughs) uh what types of start cards uh stimulate your creativity creativity wise i enjoy cards that have one um in in general and that's just a, a personal preferences platform related decks but ones that really require you to plan your turns out accordingly i I, i'd say from a a creativity aspect when you're dealing with objectives and broader platforms when you're having to think through all right what's my activation look like how am i playing but fast forwarding all the way to your move phase and i think of CCT as a card like, or as an objective like that robs e- even going back to to IE and um, IE Diplo QMC are, are, are ones that kind of um, that all kind of grasp me in that area of understanding what force do I have how is that going to impact how I potentially am looking to to battle this turn but then also have enough force to, depending on on move phase aspects those are the ones that really stimulate me in terms of you're not just looking at, oh, how am I going to deploy in battle and phase does an aspect. I'd say that that's one of my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite aspects of a, a broader deck or cards or ones that 
really emphasize all phases of the game and not just um say like battle and control but then ones that decks that have where the move phase are are equally important okay uh what uh what what kind what types of cards make you want to quit the game uh quit the game uh, what i'd say and again i know that it's i'm not supposed to say the, the opposite of of those co- components but within this broader piece the two similar aspects that i don't care for as much are cards or, or deck styles that are more just pure to some extent autopilot and when i say autopilot i mean there's a very straightforward component of this is what we're going to do and it doesn't create a lot of decision tree or asymmetry throughout the the course of the game i enjoy games that have various a lot of decision making in them and various forks in the road where it's like oh we could do this strategy but then there's something else that may equally work as well the other component that I would throw in there, in addition to the autopilot, are, and maybe actually I'll, I'll maybe j- jump into this in terms of, uh, in terms of pieces around resource using. Um, I like decks that have within certain benefits your having to trade the the balance of resources and when i say resources is one of the biggest ones that i kind of poke at are whether it's use pile pulls a little bit kind of give me now am i going to take advantage of them 100 i i will if that if that's the appropriate piece but if you with use pile pulls it's not taking away a given resource. You're just rebuilding your, you're deploying a card and you're rebuilding your hand. Unlike Control Tunnel Vision, IG-88, Keeping the Empire Out. Star Wars CCG is a game of resources. How are you using them? How are you deploying them? How are you leveraging them the best? Now, I would say, take some of those used pile pulls and turn them into uh, force pile pulls. When somebody does a uh, must be allowed to speak or um, or Ray um, or bow pulls, if they had to plan out their turns, but then know that, hey, every card that I deploy, I'm going to have one less force to work with. Mm-hmm. It makes a little bit of a planning. It's actually one of the things I think is really neat about shadows and the shadow art and agents when that engine gets going is thinking through, all right, I know it's in my force pile. How am I going to deploy things and then use a shadows pull to take most um a shadow straw to make most advantage of, of what I'm doing? That engine, that planning, that that's something kind of going back to the last question is is something that really um stimulates my my creativity, but also mm-hmm. on the flip side, forces cards that don't re- require that resource allocation or th- having to think that through or, mm. or something that I, I don't care for as much. Mm. That's really interesting. Cause I like use pile poles for that exact reason that right. they, uh, they, that they're, uh, it's, it's your, it's the pile that has the least, uh, opportunity cost, uh, sure. because, because you're, I mean, there's a perception of the reserve deck, like in the early game, especially the reserve deck, you know, that's where most of your cards are. 
but as the game goes on, reserve deck, you're dealing with numbers of destinies because the more cards are on the yes. table, you're going to be drawing more destinies and you have fewer cards there. And then uh, force pile, obviously what you were saying, but that used pile is like the, you know, that's, that's going to be the pile of, of, of either cards that you pitched with your three PO or, or your used interrupts that you've already used or your, or your, uh, you know, your, the force that you've used. And, uh, and so it's just the, you know, whether, whether it's, whether it's losing force from the used pile or whether it's used pile searches or whatever, that's, that's that pile that has the, the least opportunity cost, which I mean, I guess I like powerful abilities and I see that as a powerful ability. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want, you know, you'd be able to do it every turn. You know, I don't necessarily want you to be able to do it uh, six times a game or whatever, but uh, I think. um, And I will say that 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 is a limiting aspect. Um, However, generally speaking, when you're deploying those cards and taking advantage of use pile pulls, they're, they're naturally powerful characters. Right, right, right. Um, so it's a good thing to be able to deploy them. Oh, and now you're getting a um, a multiplier effect from it. And, and don't get me wrong. Am I going to play those cards? Absolutely. But I do think that it, it takes a, a slight, um, takes away an aspect of right, the, right. the resource allocation. I mean, it, anything that, we have a lot of the, the cards in the game currently where, we can deploy a lot of pull locations without uh, objective constraints unless you're flipped. And that's why I do think whether it's um, Kuat Drive Yards or Yavin 4 Ops or, or certain cards where it's like, oh, you actually have to use a force to deploy a location. It's like, okay, that's interesting because it rather than just like get a free um, reserve verify, I have yeah. to think through, okay, do I... Um, is that card in there? Do I want to spend uh, some of my resources mm-hmm. in order to do it? Yeah, yeah. Reserve verifies are are are, in- are interesting. Um, I also think uh, I I play I play a hidden base deck not very often, but occasionally mm-hmm. I will pull out a hidden base deck that plays a new secret base, and I'm so used to not having to pay to pull locations. Sometimes oh, sure. I forget I forget that I have to pay <laughs> to pull with a new secret base. Um. What is your favorite Star Wars term? Favorite Star Wars term is probably goes back to to Watto, and that was one of the first decks that I ended up playing. But that the use to or lose to, and especially the first couple of turns when you're putting on such a force choke. Now, Waddle's one of those decks that can put on some early pressure, but at times will pitter out later, and so it's a bit of a race to see can you put through enough pressure. But I, I do like that use to or lose to. All right, all right. Um, what opponent's deck do you love to see? I enjoy ones that, especially when we're going into it, is I decks that I know are going to be say interactive and have a a chess aspect to it of planning things out and ones where you could play it uh, 10 different times and have 10 different flow charts in terms of how, how the game goes. In general, that's the type of, of deck that I really enjoy seeing when I'm playing. Okay. What opponent's deck do you hate to see? Uh, uh, in terms of dislike seeing, um, ones in which... And I'd say that the the design committee has done a really nice job in terms of 
limiting certain limiting certain characters but yet not making things overly restrictive but decks where and we we would see this where it was just hey just play good cards mm-hmm. and especially from a character base when it was like should you really be able to play these given characters all together especially ones that have blanket universal modifiers it's like oh and here comes a an Ahsoka in here or an Anakin and you're like okay how is the Anakin necessarily fully um mm. th- thematic to uh to a given deck type yet I know it's going to be able to s- splash it down mm. and have a plus one um n- not to say that if you can play good cards you absolutely should but I I enjoy um I dislike ones that will just generally have are able to take advantage of an of mm. a um of a certain thematic piece but then throw in random mm. cards that kind of blow up the the purpose mm. of having that thematic aspect yeah yeah okay okay i see what you're saying now so so i i and i think i agree with that like i i think there are kind of i mean there's a million types of decks but there's there's two angles of of decks you can either take advantage of of the the theme and the synergy or you should be able to play the best cards and there yeah i agree that there are some cards especially like light side has that core of of anakin and ahsoka and ray and to a lesser extent you, you throw hera in there and yeah yeah so yeah then like the 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 next the next level is 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 hera solo Cassian. Uh, yeah yeah cat yeah cat they have so many of them. Cassian doesn't even show up that that often. Sure. But Cassian would definitely apply. Um, they've just got they've got like this kind of core of of just like really good characters that can that can show up, even if they're completely counter to the theme. Um, and I mean, maybe maybe that's like probably most decks should get to play Luke. You know, probably most decks should get to play Anakin if you're, you know, but but if you're specifically trying to be, I mean, we've gotten to a point where you know, you know, no idea can't play Luke, or can or can't play Jedi, uh, sure. but but uh, old allies can't play Luke. Like there are certain decks that just can't play Luke. There, you know, so maybe you know, but also I don't know, I don't know what the I don't know what the real solution is. But I I, I hear what you're saying, like where where you want to have if you want to have limitations, then then make those limitations kind of across the board and if you want to have good stuff then don't give you then don't get the the synergy um right. and that's not to say that i don't i'm not a big um that's more of just kind of a, a small grape in terms of the yeah the yeah. nature of it but i do feel as though that there are certain splashable characters mm-hmm. in uh, on both sides but predominantly on the uh, the light side where you see a certain character come down it's like oh geez how am i gonna i'm already dealing with the, the benefits that you're getting from your objective and now i have to deal with um this or that character as well and you know what the most frustrating thing is a lot of times those characters even though their power level is too high are like some of the best designed cards like like they do in, they do interesting things like i think ray is one of the best is one of the best designed cards in the in the whole game but like should zero hour be allowed to play or i i don't know <laughs> i think with some of those text pieces i'm a hundred percent on board for what they do however i with certain really strong cards i enjoy a thematic say take the hair for instance mm-hmm. 
she has her redraw piece, but she also has the the add one if with two rebels. I find that really th thematic for Hera. Or even if let's just say if Ahsoka's minus one was not necessarily universal, but if she was with a Padawan or a Sith, or right, right. if you, even if you had Anakin, if Anakin had to be with Padme or a Skywalker to turn on the plus one, I, I do think that which is just a, an advantage of hey, you get decks that are just play good cards, and why not play the good cards mm -hmm. if they, um, especially if they're universal modifiers? Yeah, like that. yeah, and i i got I gotta say, I like playing just good stuff to, like i like playing yeah you know well, throne room throne remains is is like is like a favorite deck of mine i like being able i like being able to play you know anakin and luke and ray at the same site and and uh and everything but i but i i don't but yeah I, but i agree that like i wouldn't want to be able to do that and have the benefits of the flip side of legend y you know uh which obviously you can't do that but because Luke is out of play, but anyway, no, I, yeah, I, I hear yeah. what you're saying. It's, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But, but play good cards, take advantage of it. Uh, but I really enjoy when there's a, mm. uh, say, the interplay where right. even Tarkin, Tarkin has to be with a leader. Like that's enough of a constraint that. Mm -hmm. um, right, right, yeah, yeah. Tarkin is a, is a good design. Um, what Star Wars job would you like to try? I would probably say now, gosh, it's going to sit on too dark side of me, but on the uh, if whether it be a and again I'm pulling a bit for, from Andor, but say being in the ISB and looking at broader trends and trying to track down, uh, say the the guerrilla warfare aspect, I think that that would be an interesting piece. The other component, uh, pull, pulling into some of my love of reading through legal docs and, and related aspects for my work is if you were a senator and trying to take a to look at, okay, what legal loopholes or how could we write regulations? I I feel to some extent like I would have thrived in that um, after the Galactic Empire was first situated and dealing with either in the, the Senate or um, as an ISB officer there. All right. All right. <laughs> what Star Wars job would you want to avoid? So I know I just mentioned ISB. One of the pieces that I would definitely not want to be is an Imperial officer in the um, in the Imperial Navy. It just seems as though between Nita and Ozil, you rise through the ranks, you get to a certain point, and it's an occupational hazard of um, being promoted there. Right, right. And finally... Um... If you had uh, all the all the power in the world and could do and manipulate time and space, the power of the force at your disposal, uh, how would you use it to shape the future of the Star Wars CCG? I've continued to be is just overly impressed with our um, the marketing team, the prize support. Uh, I would really turn into they said, hey, here's the license pieces. Let's keep things as things are right now, but put more um, put more funding and power to our to the marketing and graphics related team. I think that they do a fantastic job in seeing some of the prize support that's come out. The other piece, though, as part of that marketing graphics aspect, is 
the ability to um to transform more in terms of there's something just magical about opening packs having that unknown aspect i think it was whether when we get receive as part of the prize support um the sealed packs and seeing oh what ais did i get in there or is there even going back to that you mentioned the 2019 john anderson when we had those john anderson stamped cards and you're trying to figure out which ones did you have and and pull it really just takes you back to the um, first days as being kind of those first packs of baseball cards or first packs of um, Star Wars sealed stuff when you were actually opening them to build your collection. Uh, I'd say try to bring some of that, more of that magic back to the game because it's something that's uh, difficult to replicate. All right. Well, I... The anecdote that I've been trying to bring up and and haven't found a good spot for it uh, about about you that I wanted to make sure I I mention on the episode before, as we're as we're closing down. Uh, so you are the one, and I've probably told this story on various podcasts before, but you are the one that uh, played against me in nationals uh, 2021 or not nationals worlds or I think it was worlds 2021 uh, in about the seventh round, and we were both not doing particularly well. And I was I was a freaking zombie, and you were playing CCT, and I kept forgetting to pull aim high, so okay. you were retrieving for free for like a huge chunk of the game, and then it gets around to your turn, and you reach across the table, go to my shields, and pull out aim high for me, <laughs> and then and then start and then start paying for I, it. I do recall that now. <laughs> and I just I always I always remember that. You were quite a sport, and also that was I was I was such as I had not been playing in a lot of in-person games at that time, uh, and uh, and also I made some other uh, poor dietary decisions and uh, poor uh, I had I driven you know driven the night driven the day before for hours and hours and and uh, did not had not slept very much and uh, yeah I I. I uh, and yeah, I'd been living on McDonald's for the last two days because I didn't uh, didn't budget for food <laughs> when I when I went on that trip. So I was I was kind of a mess by that point in the day. But uh, but I just I, I always I always remember that. And then I freaking play against Walseth in the last round, and he's playing some weird some weird deck that had like as expected like four copies of Point Man in it, like because he was playing Point Man every turn. <laughs> Uh, with his with his uh, with his waters sure. deck and yeah, just I had no idea what it, I had no idea what to do against him. <laughs> and then he and then he next time I played him, he he was it was surprise assaults. But well, thanks a lot, thanks a lot for coming on, Sam. I uh, really really appreciate you. I uh, really appreciate your volunteering and uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you at some majors. And thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, uh, good luck, have fun, no reverts. This podcast is a production of the KendallCast Podcast Network. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash KendallCast or make a direct donation through the PayPal link at KendallCast.ninja. Thanks for listening.